Hey sis, welcome to She Is Purpose, the podcast with me, Bali Matole. She Is Purpose is a community of women on a journey to discovering and discerning their God-given purpose and identity. Here we biblically equip, empower, and encourage the modern-day Esthers of this generation who were brought to their specific positions for such a time as this. Please join us in becoming part of the Purpose family by subscribing to the blog at sheispurpose.com and by following us on our various social media platforms. We love hearing from you. Now let's get into this week's episode and learn, grow, and become together. It feels so good to be back. Thank you so much for the warm welcome that everybody's given me since I resurfaced on the streets of social media or the streets of the internet. I really appreciate how those of you who have seen the video that I put up have just rallied behind me and have really been so encouraging and supportive. I appreciate it so, so, so much. And if you have not seen that post, please do go and check out the She Is Purpose um, Instagram page and just show it some love, read the caption because then this will make sense. But I'm going to read part of that caption and that's where I want us to kind of go today in today's conversation. So towards the end of the caption, I write, in the season, I don't have the full picture or game plan, but that's not mine to worry about. Mine is to obey and watch in awe at what he does with my obedience. So with buckling knees and a shaking voice, I give him my yes all over again. And on that note, I want us to talk about purpose and uncertainty. Being in purpose, walking in purpose, knowing that what you're doing is purpose, knowing that where you are is purpose, you're right in the middle of it, and still uncertainty plagues you. You don't have the full picture. You don't have the full game plan. You don't know what lies on the other side of your obedience. What now? So I'm going to share with you three lessons that I've learned while I'm in this season and while I face uncertainty. And obviously it's not the first time that I'm facing uncertainty, but I think as people, we grow and we evolve. And I've faced uncertainty before, yes, but this version of me hasn't faced uncertainty as itself. So I'm facing uncertainty, yes, but I'm facing uncertainty as a new version of me, a grown, evolved, more mature version of me. And that is why I want us to have this conversation. And that is the perspective from which I would love for us to have this chat about purpose and uncertainty. So I was watching a sermon by Bishop T.D. Jakes and he said something so profound. He said, by wanting to know everything, you are canceling an opportunity to walk with God because to walk with God is to be okay with uncertainty. He then went on to say in the same sermon that God often gives us very little detail about the process because if he gave you the details about the process, you'd give up on the promise. So he gives you the vision of the promise and throws you into the process. And I found this to be so profound because how many of us would really continue believing God for the promise, believing that what he showed us will materialize if we saw what we would need to go through in order for us to get to that finish line? 
If God showed you the process, if God showed you that you'd struggle the way that you struggled, if God showed you the delays, if God showed you how the promise would bring forth so many insecurities and show you what has laid so dormant and quiet and peacefully as if it's not there but it's there the imposter syndrome the the doubting yourself and questioning whether you're able questioning whether you're worthy if you knew just what it would cost you for that promise to be fulfilled would you still say yes would you still want to undergo the process if I'm honest, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, you look back at the process in hindsight and it's like, oh, I see why that had to go that way. And I see why that worked out this way. But that's in hindsight. I don't know if I saw this beforehand. If I'd still say yes. Anyway, I've learned that the Bible when it tells us that God's plans are higher than our plans, it's not joking. Because if we think about it, now think about it. In our limited abilities as human beings, even if God gave us the whole plan or showed us everything in advance, we would still not be able to comprehend it all. So we're stuck in this maze this pattern, this cycle of not moving because we don't know the next or we don't have the full picture of how things turn out. But if we had the full picture, we would end up stuck anyways because of our limited ability to understand the grand plans of a great God. And that's my first lesson, that even if you had the full picture, even if you knew how it all turned out, you still would be paralyzed because you wouldn't be able to fully comprehend what God was showing you. Because these plans are just so big. There'd still be questions. There'd still be hows. There'd still be, but me? There'd still be, I don't know, God. I, even if you had the full picture and you knew exactly how things would pan out, there'd still be that limited human being in you that wouldn't be able to get it. And that would limit you or prevent you from moving anyway. So you might as well move, even without this full picture that you think you need to move forward. Let's hop into the Bible real quick. We're in Genesis 22 today. And it reads, Some time later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, Take your son your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, 
Isaac spoke up and said to his father Abraham, Father? Yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and wood are here, Isaac said. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Verse 8. Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. Verse 9. When they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. That's where we're going to stop with the reading of his word. Now, in Genesis 22 verse 2, we see Abraham being instructed to move before he knows where he is going. And he moved and he acted in spite not knowing or having the details, just like he did when he was first called in Genesis 12, when the Lord said to him, leave your father's household, leave everything behind and go to a land that I will show you. Abraham picked up all his things, picked up his wife and he left. We see it again here. The Bible tells us he set out for the place God had told him about. Meaning he had a vision of an idea, but not the actual location of the destination. Sound familiar? I know it does for me. From his experience in Genesis 12, Abraham had learned that God provides for what he requires of you. He doesn't just require of you and then leaves you alone or stranded to figure it out. In verse 9, we see them arrive at the place God told him of. God told Abraham about the place, not showed him the place. Meaning Abraham moved on a word, just a word. In verse 4, we're told that Abraham sees the place from a distance. Abraham didn't know this place, but because he was being led and he was following, he was able to identify that which he did not know when he saw it. And this is where our second lesson comes in. You can't lead and be led at the same time. But it takes faith to get out of the way and allow the leading to take place. Let's read Hebrews 11. And let's start off in verse 6. It says, And without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. We know the infamous verse uh, of Hebrews 11 verse 1 that tells us that faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. So faith is an act or moving 
on what you don't know, what you're not sure of, but you hope for it, you believe for it, but there's no tangible evidence that supports your belief, that supports your hope. Now let's go back to lesson number two. With this scripture in mind, Hebrews 11.1, 1, Hebrews 11.6, I said, one thing I've learned, or the second thing I've learned, is that you can't lead and be led at the same time. But it takes faith to get out of the way and to allow the leading to take place. Let's have a look at Hebrews 11, 8 and 11. It says, By faith Abraham, when called to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, Abraham went, or rather obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. It takes faith to get out of the way and allow the leading to take place. Let's look at verse 11. It tells us that by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. What a blessed household the household of Abraham was. What a faith-filled household the household of Abraham was. This just popped up in my head. Like in the same chapter of the Bible, they're recounting the history of faith makers, um, game changers as far as faith is concerned, and how they lived. And Abraham and his wife, and their son are in this chapter. It's incredible. But anyway, by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. We're going to need to really, really focus on this because we're going to come back. You'll see why just now. So in another sermon that I watched, uh, I heard Pastor Sarah Jake say, sometimes we don't move because God hasn't given us what we wanted. And because he hasn't given us what we wanted, we believe that we don't have what we need. She went on to say, you need to exhaust what's already been poured into you before you can ask for more. Can you confidently say that you have done that? Can you confidently say that you've exhausted what's already been poured into you before you've asked for more? Or are you asking for more while holding on to the last thing that was poured into you? So in wrapping up, here's lesson number three. In the season, I'm learning that faith is walking blind. In the season, I'm learning to move on just a word. The last word he spoke has to be enough for me to move. The last word he spoke 
has to be enough for me to move. Because the Bible tells us that by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who made the promise. It was not about the promise. It was about the one who made the promise. The same as with Abraham. He wasn't just willing to sacrifice his one and only son, whom God had said that the, the, the promise would be fulfilled through. He didn't just want to give that child away just because he was, I don't know, crazy. He believed, we hear here that he says, when, when Isaac asked him, um, Dad, I see everything's here that is required to make a burnt offering, but where's the lamb? Where's the sacrifice? And Abraham responds in Genesis 22 verse 8 and says, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering. Abraham understood that God would not require of him and then leave him stranded. He knew that there's one of two outcomes. Either what God has asked, which is for Abraham to sacrifice Isaac, will come to pass. And in so doing, God would give him another son because God promised him a son. And God in the book of Numbers is said to not be a son of man that lies. So he wouldn't just promise and not fulfill. So that son that, that God promised Abraham, Abraham knew no matter what, I will have that son. That promise will be fulfilled. Whether it's through Isaac or another son, whether it's through God raising Isaac from the dead after I've sacrificed him, I don't know how it's going to happen. But I believe that the one who made the promise is faithful. He is faithful to his word. He does not speak in vain. And so this looks crazy. This sounds crazy. But I'm going to do it anyway. I don't know how God is going to take the son and still fulfill the promise. But that's not mine to worry about. Mine is to focus on the fact that God has asked for me to sacrifice the son. And so I will do my part and trust him to do the rest. So in this season, I'm learning that faith is walking blind. Faith is not knowing what happens next and still saying yes to the last word that God spoke to the last instruction that God gave. So it's challenge time. It's a new month. It's a fresh start. And I want to challenge you to commit to taking him at his word. Commit to take him at his word and move. Let's move. Let's move, sis. <laughs>